Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear the story of someone strong enough to bear it all. The Naked Podcaster is a representation of freeing yourself, giving you permission to be real in all your quirkiness, baggage, struggles to success, and tragedy to triumph. I'm so excited you're joining the journey. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello and welcome to the Naked Podcast. We are going to have a really good time today. I have Lisa Cox. Lisa, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm excited also. Your website is called thelisacox.com. It's a really phenomenal website. I want you to jump in and tell us about that. Okay. Well, um, what you'll see there are um, just amazing ways uh, to stay healthier and to feel better about yourself. I work for a live clean company called Modare and um, they, we basically just represent products to help you feel better about who you are on the inside and the out, which has always been my quest in life is not just to try and look good and to age gracefully, but to feel good because that matters more. So we have collagen, we have weight loss, you're going to see the science behind it. And um, it's, it's very, it's a beautiful brand that I'm just proud to be associated with. Lisa, when did you jump on board with them? Because it's been a long time. Well, I have been I've actually been in the direct sales uh, industry for over 25 years full time, but um, I chose to move over to Modere just three years ago. So I worked, I've been with two other companies and I'll share a little bit more about that later, but um, I have a very faithful and loyal personality and I thought I would be with one the whole time. Um, those other two are not, no longer currently in business. And, um, and so I made this move before the second one shut its doors um, and just feel like I landed on this soft, cushiony, beautiful place uh, where these products have been. Actually, the company's been alive for over 30 years, and they were one of the pioneers in the live clean market. And I felt like it was just the time in my life to be connected to such a brand because so many people wait until they have a diagnosis or wait until they have bad news um, to take care of all the things in their life, take care of the things they're putting in their bodies and around their bodies. And this company uh, basically just attacks all of that. They're out there to give you um, clean products for your home, clean products for your skin, um, you know, collagen you can drink to help with discomfort in your body, just everything to make your life better. And um, so I jumped in with them three years ago, rose very quickly uh, to the top of the company and have worked very hard and have an incredible team of people that have joined me. And we're just having the time of our life is what we're doing. Which is great. Who doesn't want to do that? I want to definitely get into when you're with an agency that closes, because I think that's big. I know that's part of your story. Were you even 25 years ago involved with clean living type stuff, helping the inside and the outside of your body? Or was that newer? No, that's new for me. Um, I've always taken really good care of my body. I've always been a product junkie. I am very picky of everything that I've ever used. Um, I love to try new products and I, and I use lots of, lots of products. 
Um, but when I'm going to use a product that is going to affect my lifestyle, I want it to be a really good product. So um, years and years ago, 25 years ago, actually, when I got into the industry, I was a home-based mom. I had little girls at home still, and I just wanted to make some shoe money. I literally just wanted to make enough money to go out and buy a pair of shoes and not have to ask my husband for the money. And um, that's why I jumped in, and I jumped in doing party plan, which is you know where you bring things into someone's home and you lay it all out. And I did jewelry um, with a beautiful company called Silpata Designs. They sold yeah. silk jewelry. I was with them for 13 years. I had massive success from the beginning with them because I just went into it kind of stupid. I'm just going to say I felt I didn't know what I was doing. I was just having fun. I just wanted free jewelry and some shoe money. That was it. And then I quickly realized I that my excitement would get other people excited and then they wanted to do it and we just grew and grew. It was insane what happened at that company. And I just, I look back and I'm like, how did I do that? And I'm like, it's because I didn't think about it. I just did it with laughter and joy and I loved the products. And so it was so easy to talk about. And um, that was really my start in the industry. And quickly that shoe money turned into uh, money with a comma in it. And um, my husband's like, this is no longer shoe money. This is household money. So I became, um, you know, almost an equal partner in bringing in um, a wonderful income because of this little home-based business that I was um, trying to build. And it was so fun. I honestly never even thought about the stigma that there is on the direct selling world. I didn't care. I was just having fun and I was helping other women who were home with their kids get some recognition and make some money. It was so fun. What's the biggest struggle that you think people have? I love that you said you just went and done because that's probably the best way you could have done it. Not with any agenda, nothing. Just going in as yourself, having a good time, wanting free jewelry and some shoes. I mean, that's great because then that's you just being you, which is probably what people should, what you, I would think that that's something that you would coach people to do. So what's the biggest struggle that people have when they join? Um, number one, they're afraid to put themselves out there. They're, they're afraid to, um, to share with their authentic self. You know, they get all weird and salesy and they're like, well, I want to do everything perfectly. And I'm like, this is exactly what we don't want to do is everything perfectly. And if you go from being the sister-in-law and friend to all of a sudden being the weirdo that walks in the room and is constantly opening your coat and showing your products, then nobody will want to be around you and you're going to lose friends that way. And so that's one of the biggest problems is people just don't know that they can smooth right in without changing their lifestyle and have massive success. Right now, because a lot of things have shifted to a social retail model where I literally now work from my telephone. I don't, I don't have to leave my home and do parties anymore. Um, it's been an incredible transition. I've learned so much, um, but I can do exactly what I did before from my phone. And so now it's getting people, and I say women, but I also have some men on our teams um, that are, can get comfortable with knowing that what they're offering is going to help somebody. You're, you're out there and you're switching it from you to being a service of somebody else. And if you look at it that way, it's easier to share what you know. Because when I talk to somebody about a product of ours, example, the collagen, which is our biggest seller, um, I ask them where they have pain. Almost in almost every natural conversation, 
somebody will say, oh, my shoulder's so so sore, or my back is just still bothering me, or, you know, oh, I can't play tennis today, Lisa, because my knees are bothering me. You know, it comes up naturally. So for me, I'm thinking in my brain, and I, I know that I have many years of experience, but um, anybody can do this. I'm thinking I have a gift to give you. I have a gift with our product because I know it can reduce discomfort in your body. And so when I talk about it, I talk about it like that. I don't go into all the science. I can point them to that. I just go, listen, let me tell you a story. You know, I, I've been a tennis player. I'm a runner, a walker. I'm a, I'm a weekend warrior when I get out there and do everything I possibly can outdoors. I don't have one ache in my body. And um, I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you what I did feel like and what I feel like now. I just share a story with them that they can relate to. And then I point them in the direction of the tools. Well, I think when you have a new person and they're afraid that they're going to sound salesy, they freeze, they don't sell, or they're going to sound weird or uneducated. I'm like, who cares? Whenever somebody says, what's in there? I'm like, I don't know, but it makes me feel amazing. You know, that's what they would rather hear. If someone says to me, oh my gosh, I saw a great movie. I don't say, tell me the list of actors and who produced it. I don't care. Is it a great movie? I'm going to go see it. So that's what I try and do is help people get beyond their fears and not freeze and just move forward and share what they love, what they're using, what they love or their experience. I think we do naturally do that. Like you said, with a movie or with a, if I went to a restaurant and you came to town, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I've got to take you. I don't get anything from that except just that it may make you feel better or enjoy your time or whatever. So it is the same thing. Tell me, I want to know about the collagen. Tell me why it's the best seller because I love that. And then I want to talk about your girls because you're, they're part of that. Yes. Okay. So, um, the collagen, the reason why it's our, well, we have about 85 products in our product line, very vast product line for all different areas of your life. But our collagen, um, is our number one, two, three, four, and five best sellers because we have different versions of the same collagen matrix. And um, this collagen was invented by an amazing product formulator named Osma Isak. She's from the California area. She's now in Utah. She's now the CEO of our company. They've merged her company and our company. But what she did was she formulated a collagen that um, actually draws from the sternum of chicken. So if you're a vegan, I actually have vegans that take our collagen because there's no blood that hits that hits it. Um, but it is drawn from chickens that are scientific, scientifically raised for, for this. And it is a no-kill situation. Um, it's, it's an amazing company. They take care of everything, no animal testing, it's all wind power, everything. But they take this special collagen, and it is a matrix with a, a combination of hyaluronic acid, conjointin, and the collagen. So all three in one. But the most important part about our collagen compared to all the other hyaluronized, I can't even say the right word, um, hydrolyzed collagen out there is that ours is, starts in the molecular form of liquid. So ours is the most soluble form and absorbable form of collagen on the planet, and we have seven patents to prove it. And so what happens is if you can imagine throwing a handful of marbles through a chain link fence, about 85 to 95% will go through because they're marbles. 
If you try and throw a football through a chain link fence, it's not gonna go. And that's how the products absorb into your system. If you're trying to put a powder collagen that does not match your body's collagen, your body's collagen was never in a powdered form. It will not absorb into your system. So you might get five to 10, 15% if you're lucky of the collagen absorbed into your body. With our products, we're getting 85% higher absorbed into our body because it matches our natural collagen. And sadly, after the age of 27, our collagen automatically starts depleting in our body. That's a terrible number. <laughs> like, that's what? terrible. That was like 25 years ago for me. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that that's that that doesn't make me happy. I'm not smiling about that statistic. <laughs> no, trust me. So tell me about raising your girls in this environment. I know you went from shoe money to actually contributing to being a big household contributor financially. What was it like raising girls in this environment? Well, I learned very quickly um, about setting an awesome reward for quiet time because uh, what happened was when I started to build my organization and I was working from home, I found that um, it was tough because your little, I, I had um, a daughter at that time that was in kindergarten and one that was one when I started in the industry. So when I wasn't, let's say, at a party away from the house and I was home on the phone with maybe a client or placing an order. Um, it was tough because my girls wanted my attention and that was my number one were the girls. And so it was tough, but I, I learned how to say, okay, mommy needs to work for 30 minutes. And if we work for 30 minutes, then we're going to read your favorite book. So I would, I would have kind of a reward system so I could get that quiet time. Um, I also quickly learned that they saw mommy, you know, setting these big goals for myself. I would have the goals to, to earn the free car or to earn the trips. Um, and I would always include our children in those goals. I would always say to them, I'm going to work really hard, you guys. And, and mommy may have to go out and do three parties this week, but dad's going to put you to bed, which was awesome because their dad was, it was just incredible bonding time for, and he was very willing and supportive. He has been of everything I've done. I've been very lucky, not all, women have that support system um, and we, we talk and coach on that as well on how to help your husbands understand what you're doing. But I was building an empire I, at a very young age with young kids and we were quickly, you know, we were quickly making lots of money and it was very exciting for our whole family, but we took everybody into consideration and we just made sure the girls knew that mom was setting goals and doing really big things, but that we would all benefit as a family because of that. And, um, and my husband as well. I mean, he three nights a week would feed the girls and put them to bed at a very, you know, they were very young and he would be gone all day working before he'd come home and do that. But it was a marriage of, um, we were in this together from day one and he saw that I was growing and changing and learning and he liked it. He liked that it made me feel recognized. Um, the little, the little things that sometimes a home-based business company does for people's self-esteem, um, other people could never understand. You know, some, some moms work all day at home and do the most important job and never get recognized ever, ever, you know, and sometimes their husbands don't even come home and say, you're doing a good job. And sometimes the husbands come home and they, they just want to go hide in the bathtub and not talk to anybody. And because nobody has said, good job, you know. Uh, and so this is something for me that I started realizing I was thriving on the recognition. It just felt good. But I would share that with my whole family. And, um, and it was a wonderful 
progression is what it really was. And, and it got to the point where I hired people to do the things that didn't make me money. I learned to, to do that at a very young age before I probably even had the money to do that. I would do that. I would hire somebody else to do the chores so that I could either be building my business or with our girls and I could pay somebody else to do the laundry and the grocery shopping and the dry cleaning and all those things. And I still to this day have a lot of help hired for us so that I can do the things that make me money. And I tell women this all the time, what can you quit? Like you gotta quit some things that you're doing. They're not benefiting your life. They're not making you stronger, faster, better, smarter, healthier, or wealthier. Why are you not paying somebody $8 an hour, $10 an hour to do that for you? And um, it's one of the tools of the trade that I learned young. And I feel like that made a huge difference too in our life. Yeah, that's a lot of balance. Let's go back. Let's go back to struggles. Let's go back to your story. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I feel like uh, the way that I am today was uh, caused from my uh, childhood. I talk a ton about my dad in all the things that I do. Um, my parents, uh, I was, I will start out by saying um, my struggles are no, they're, they're not worse than anyone's and they're not better than anybody else's. They're, they're what, what made me the person that I am. And I think a lot of them just made me have a lot of drive. Um, but uh, I, I had a parents that were divorced really young and they fought over us. And in court, it was like Kramer versus Kramer. I don't know if you remember that old movie. Yes. Was, oh my like, gosh. Yes. Oh, it was the most cry, cry, cry your eyes out movie ever. And that was my sisters and I am the middle daughter of three sisters. And at a very young age, my father was a very, um, hardcore. He was a German man, strong, um, wanted us to be perfect. Okay. And I spend my life now, if that gives you any lead into this story, I spend my life trying to teach people to stop trying to be perfect. I spend, that is my deal. And, and so I, I felt like at a very young age, I was never quite good enough. My parents kept getting divorced. There were boyfriends in the house. I, I never had a major abuse issue. Never, not, not, not even a, a small abuse issue. Um, we were, we were loved by both our parents, but we were, we were tossed back and forth between the homes on the weekends and different places. And we just had a lot of expectations put at us at a very young age. And I feel like I grew up very, very fast. And so where, where that took me was I got married very young. I met my husband when I was 17 and we married when I was 20. And um, I, I feel like I've been one of those people and I know everybody out there that can probably relate to this in some sort of fashion. I was always looking to be better at what I was doing or to change what I was doing so that I could be better than I could be more perfect. I could make more money. And I remember thinking that my dad wanted all three of us girls to be in the corporate world and to be uh, a CEO of a big company. He wanted us to be so much. And I struggled so much growing up trying to find who I really wanted to be. And, and I, you know, I feel like my heart was in the right place as far as trying to find what I loved but I had the pressures of parents that were pushing. And so what, what ended up happening is my struggles didn't come really during my childhood years. 
They came during a $100 million lawsuit that was strapped on me um, when I switched companies. And so what happened was I got into this. I got married to this wonderful man at 21, met him when I was 17, married at 21, uh, first baby at 23. You know, our, we moved back to the Midwest. Our life was good. I started this, this business and I got into the jewelry business and he owned an auto body shop and he worked very hard, but we had a good life. It was just good life. And then one day I realized I was doing really well at the jewelry, but I was like, I can do more. I have this drive in me. I want to be perfect. I can do more. What else can I add? Right. We all want to be super mom. So I started thinking about that and I had someone contact me about another company that was opening up and I thought, well, I think I can do both. So I signed up for another company to sell a product. And when I did that, what happened was I had spent so much time in this jewelry company, building relationships, sharing my heart with people, being super vulnerable, just being who I was in this company and making all this money and having success. But, but yet I just never had the confidence that I was very good at what I did. At that company, they never put me on stage to speak. I never even made director, but I was pretty, I was pretty high up. I was right under director. I still made over $3 million in that first company, but I was just not, I just kept thinking I can be better at something. I know I can be better. I know my dad wants me to do more. My dad kept saying to me, well, I don't know why you'd sell that crap. And I'm like, dad, he's like, you should sell real diamonds. I'm like, what do you mean work in a jewelry store and sell jewelry from a boss like I'm my own boss and he didn't get that and so we had all these people doubting us and as I got further into the industry I realized there's a lot of people that don't like direct sales people they don't like these companies everyone says they're pyramids and all this stuff and all I'm thinking is this has changed my life this has changed my whole team's life so I was thinking the whole time I'm, this is great and then all of a sudden all the negative from everything else started coming into our world and um, it, it was the weirdest thing because when that started happening, then you start doubting everything. And so when I started doubting everything, I started thinking it's not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to continue this. And then what's going to happen. And so then I get this call. I start, I sign up with this other company and I decide that I'm going to put it on my Facebook love Facebook announcements that I'm going to add something to my life. Well, what happened at that point was this crazy realization that by building relationships with people, and being real and vulnerable is what they want. And, and I had been doing that just not even exactly knowing. And I, like I say, I'm not a dumb person, but I was just in love with what, with what I was doing. And I let that show. And so I, I added this second company. And all of a sudden, it was like fish jumping in a boat. I had hundreds of people wanting to sign up on my team and into, my, into the new thing. And that other company didn't like that. They wanted to stop me. So I was hit with, this was not my $100 lawsuit story. This was the first one. So I was hit with a massive lawsuit, millions and millions and millions of dollars that they sued me for. And um, we settled that out of court and it took about a year and a half and it was a very stressful time. I went into the new company, started doing the same thing again. And then um, I, I really, I dug as deep as I could that time. And I, I found that I loved what I was doing. I was filling people's cups up with just, you can do, you know, helping them fill up. And then I realized that we had somebody that wasn't doing everything fairly. 
Um, my team started to unravel and that's when I left that company and came to Modere. And I feel like that was a God wink moment. And um, that company lost their name and they've had to change and rebrand everything to another name because of what was going on over there. And so when I left there, they hit me with a hundred million dollar lawsuit. Good so, grief. Yeah. So here I am and I, and I'm like, I'm just a normal person. I'm a mom from Missouri. I've got these two girls, you know, now they're, they're pretty much raised at this point in my career and I'm going to court and I'm doing depositions and they're tearing my whole life apart. And they came into our home and they took my computer, they took everything and they were trying to tell me that I had, you know, that what I had done by moving companies and telling my, my leaders that I was leaving, that I was completely, um, you know, this horrible person. They, they in fact used the word terrorist. They called me a terrorist in the lawsuit because I had changed. So, so what happened at that point in my life is this, and, let, and this is a, what we're trying to get down to is the real stuff. I lost it. I was terrified of um, having to pay $100 million to some, some company that I couldn't afford to fight against. I was terrified. Um, I felt like I lost all my friends in the process of doing business all the time and working and being such a, you know, in quotes, boss babe. And all of a sudden I felt like I was alone and I started to push away from people and I really went into for the first time in my life where I've tried to teach everybody how to stay in the happy zone, how to stay feeling good about yourself, how to build up all the categories of your life. I got to that low point where I, I started to think when I'd get on the airplane to go down and do a deposition that it would be just better off if the plane didn't, didn't land, if it just would crash. And I remember thinking those thoughts and I, and I know people have had horrible suicide thoughts and it, it was, I, I didn't want to kill myself, but I just kept thinking, it's just better if I'm, is it just better if I'm not here because I can't deal with this and I can't handle it. And it was such a point in my life where I started to really understand the feelings of depression and the feelings of fear and and how you feel so alone when you're there. And, um, you know, I am grateful that my husband recognized it and that my husband saw where I was and so that I could seek, seek help. And, you know, what some people, you might hear this and think, this is over a, a lawsuit, that's stupid. But we have to be respectful to our feelings. And it was real. I mean, it was over a lawsuit, but my, I felt like my life was falling apart. And But in this falling apart session of hell, <laughs> I felt like I learned so much. And as I climbed out of that dark hole, and looking back now, I am that person that I... I run around in a stupid Santa Claus hat when I put out Christmas. Like I am this giddy, normally giddy, happy-go-lucky, help other type people whenever I can person. And I was so dark at that time that for the first time in my life, I really realized how many people out there are in that dark hole. And so it became this part of me where I just wanted to come out of that. And I came out one rung at a time. I'm telling you, I didn't just climb out and go, oh, today I'm fine. It doesn't work like that, as you know. And I climbed out slowly and I started to look at all the areas of my life. And I looked at where, where I had really good 
I don't want to say balance. I don't believe anyone could have a perfectly balanced life. I don't even think we should seek that. I think it's important that at certain times in your life, you're going to have areas you need to work on more. There's certain times where certain things will be really incredible and working really well. But I, I kind of climbed out. And as I did, I was realizing that I can help people identify the areas that, that are those dark, dark spots. And I started to really realize that a lot of times we are self-sabotaging and we let ourselves live in that world of I'm fine. And I told probably a thousand people during that time in my life that I was fine. Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, all is fine. And I was so not fine. I was having plane crash dreams. I'm hoping I'd be on it. I mean, that's not freaking fine. It's not okay. And so many people have that and they're running around and they're fine. And so my goals, when I started to come out of that and I found this beautiful company that helps you with a lot of the health side of things, but I started just really trying to look and help people dig into how can we bring up your discipline to where you stop, stop your self-sabotage? How can we help you bring up your inner peace? How can we help you work on your mindset? How can we help you work on your health? And how can we help you stop doing the self-sabotaging that makes you feel like my life sucks? And how can we get there? And so I started to look at all those areas and climbed my way out of it. And now it's I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for that place I was because it has helped me identify um, it in so many other people that are right around. I want to go back a little bit. First of all, let's not minimize the fact that you were in business for yourself for over 20 years for two different companies, which if you're not talking about direct sales, if I think about, because we're so close in age, if I had started working for a company, as an employee at 25 and only worked two different companies in a 20 year period, that is like unheard of. So the fact that you were so loyal and working so hard, just because it was direct sales and you're working for yourself, doesn't change the fact that you were part of two companies in about 20 years, correct? Well, this is my third. So I was with right. this first two and then, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's huge, first of all. And <laughs> if I found out right now I had a $100 million lawsuit and it was my second lawsuit, I'd be losing my mind also. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe you can do depositions and get out of it and settle out of court and all that stuff. But the uh, anybody that's been to court for anything, a speeding ticket – under, can understand. I mean, I can't understand. I don't even know if I could put into words the level of stress that I believe that you were under at that period of time. It was what? Awful. Go ahead. I was just going to say it was awful. And that's something that you don't think about when someone says, oh, I got sued. It, they tear apart your, your whole being. They tear apart your character. That's what they're after. They're trying to wear you down. And my character, I thought I, would, I thought I had just done all the things I was supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, I'm a terrorist? It was right. horrible. Take me back to that time because you said that your struggle, you didn't realize as a kid the pressure that your dad was putting on you and how difficult that was. How did that rear its ugly head at that point, because this was, you were a kid who felt like you could, it, you were never going to be good enough. It was really hard. I, um, I think what it did was it, it just knocked me off my, it knocked me off my high horse. And I really never felt like I was on a high horse, but I just, I was proud of what I had built. And, and then 
it just reminded me, honestly, of being back and being little and just not being good enough. I remember, and this is kind of a sad story, but my dad was a really good man. And I, I, I really choose to remember all the good stuff because he's passed, he passed 12 years ago. Um, but he really was a good person and he loved us three girls and he, he did, he provided for us and loved us, but he, I don't think he ever felt super loved. And I thought it was really hard for him to do what he needed to do, but he put so much pressure on us. And like, for example, he would sing and he had a guitar and he loved music and he had pianos at the house and, but he would pull out a guitar once while with one of his wives and he would sing and they have beautiful voices. And my sisters and I would gather around and sing these fun songs. And he would say to me, don't sing unless you can sing on tune. Don't do it. Just don't sing out loud. To this day, I don't ever sing out loud because I don't, I don't want to mess it up for everybody else around me. And it's stuff like that. It's crap like that, that I've taken with me. And when this lawsuit hit, for whatever reason, I remember sitting in that room and trying to answer questions and sound smart and do a good job for who I was and for my family. And I remember thinking of sitting around that guitar and my dad saying, don't sing if you can't sing perfectly. And I remember thinking, God, you know, Obviously, I can't do, I can't say one thing here that's the right thing in this court, in this court, uh, in the deposition room. But I also remember thinking, you know, about that, like my dad just giving me that pressure of being so perfect. And I remember I just wanted to say, because you answer questions, they're asking you things you don't know. And I remember I just wanted to say, I can't do this. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know where, what I, you know, why I, you know, talk to this person on that day it's because I've known them my whole life and I wanted to tell them what I was doing and but instead they were trying to nail you down for trying to take people to the next company and so at one point I just started going you're right like I told her she's been my lifetime friend I didn't know you owned my lifetime friends that I brought to this company and you get kind of desperate and wild I remember feeling I'm, I sound like a crazy person, <laughs> but they're making me sound like a crazy person, you know, when actually I was just trying to do my best job and, and it was, it, I don't know. It's, it's exhausting to even remember, you know, yeah. remember those things. Tell me about your husband. Cause here you are, you guys met at 17 and married at 21. That is, we know that from having kids, that if we thought we were mature at that age, we are so not mature at that age. Um, And you, I don't, I'm I'm not going to say you got lucky. I don't think that's the right way to say it, but how blessed you guys are to have found each other and been able to grow up together and stay close. You've been married for 30 years now, correct? Yes, yes. I mean... That's an enormous success, period. End of story. I want to go into that relationship a little bit and how he recognized that you were depressed or struggling and how he approached you on that. Um, it was it was hard because I had I had detached myself a little bit from probably the most of any time of our marriage where I just stopped going to him for my needs as far as um, – if I had a problem I was trying to work out, I, I didn't go to him and say, I need your help. I just, I just had detached myself, which was very, 
different because I still loved him. And the whole time I loved Steve and I, I knew that he was the greatest man for me, but I, but I was pushing away from him. At one point I kept saying to him, I don't think I want to live in Springfield anymore. I, I started blaming everything else. I started blaming the city we lived in. I mean, <laughs> Springfield's a lovely city, but I started blaming it. I started blaming his friends. I'm like, your friends, why they don't even call me anymore. They can't even deal. They can't even deal with me because I'm a, I'm a businesswoman. You know, it was almost like, it was so stupid. It wasn't my friends, my husband's friends, wives problem. I separated myself from everyone because in my brain, I was going through something that no one could understand. And that is the worst colossal mistake we could ever make is to start thinking that we're the only ones that have ever gone through this, whatever it is you're going through, because there's always someone else that can understand and can walk with you through it by your side. And if I would have given my husband the chance, but I just didn't, I pushed him out. And at one point I thought I, I wasn't. I didn't want to stay in the marriage and, but it wasn't long with that because I, then I just realized I need to talk to somebody. I'm depressed about what's happening. I'm scared. We're going to lose everything because of this lawsuit. I mean, it was just a time where I felt like we were just walking on eggshells in the world. And, um, but, but he to to his personality, he, he just stuck in there. And, you know, a lot of people I don't think would have stuck in there. I mean, I would go up and take a long bath and I'd go to bed. I just, I just didn't, I just wasn't coping well. And this probably went on, you know, probably about six months of that. And I, you know, but he stuck in there and he kept asking questions. And I look back and I'm so grateful because he could have just gotten pissed and left. You know, a lot of men today, a lot of women today, that is won't put up with it and they're out the door real fast. But he stuck in there with me and we've had such a beautiful marriage our whole life and our daughters are, we, we are all so close and we're so grateful for that. But this was just a blip of our life where I, I could have let that go away looking back. But it, I feel like it was an out-of-body experience. It wasn't me. It was like this different version of myself that was so low and I I just couldn't come out of it and I don't even I don't even remember the day that I started to climb up that ladder out of that dark hole um, but I just remember Steve kept asking questions I went and talked to a professional and that helped a ton um, I started opening up and crying a lot and that was when we really noticed it when I started like the tears started to come for the longest time I was just a wall I was just like a uh, and that's how my dad made us to be, you know, he's like, you got to be strong. I want, I wanted three boys and I got three girls, you know, and we would joke about that as we got older. Cause he was very proud of us, but he would, he's like, you've got to be strong. You've got to, you've got to make your own money. You've got to do your own thing. And, you know, and so like all these expectations and through this hard time, I did that. I was so strong that I didn't tell anybody that I was struggling so bad that I wanted to, you know, fall off the earth. And, you know, but when I started to see all that, it was amazing how once just opening up to friends, I have a girlfriend named Stacy and she is like the best therapist ever. She's not a therapist, but she is amazing. And I would talk to her and she would put it into these wonderful ways of describing my feelings and I'm and it just started to help me climb that ladder out of there. I love that. I'm glad that you talked about one, that you had somebody that was asking questions. Two, that you had a best friend that you really confided in. And also that you you were seeking professional help too. And it doesn't really matter the modality, whatever works for you. 
you know, but because there's no right or wrong in what kind of modality, but getting help from someone outside to kind of work through, you're too embroiled in it at that point. It's consuming. Yeah. Yeah. It is consuming. And, you know, I feel like, uh, I felt like when I started to open up to one friend and lose it and cry my eyes out and, and she said, I understand. She would say, I've had, I, I felt like that before, but you feel like you're the only one. I mean, you're the only one that maybe if, if you've been molested, you're the only one that's been molested. And, and then, but, or for me, it was just this dark, I just couldn't get out of it. I, I just like, I, I can't believe I'm going through this again. And it's just so much stress. And, and I also had the stress of a very large team. Um, there were 11 of us named in the lawsuit. I was not the only one. So we were together in that, but these people depended on me. And I was the one that said to them, let's go to this new company. I think it's a safer home for us. And, um, and when I, so they trusted me and I had all their families. And so I had the pressure of all these people who make a lot of money and they could lose everything because of me and about a decision that I made that I was going to make a move and I wanted them to come with me and they did. And then it was like, Oh my gosh, what if they all lose everything? And it's because of me. And so for whatever is going on in your life at the time, you know, we, we tend just to blame ourselves for everything, you know, and, and that's what, that's where I was. And, but, but yes, getting help made a difference crying. And once I started to let it out and then I felt comfortable, I would, you know, another friend would say, how are things going? Instead of saying, Oh, I'm fine. You know, like we all do, oh, fine. you know, I started really saying, you know, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling and I would cry and I would share and I just got lifted up by people over and over. And, uh, it was, it was such a bittersweet time in my life because it was so hard, but yet I feel like I came out of it, um, smarter and, and brighter and lighter and, and actually able to identify some things and people and be there for them during their dark time and help them hopefully climb out of it. You get them now. You get where they are. Even if it is, like you said, it could be a totally different situation. It could be somebody talking about being molested, something completely unrelated. But I think once you've gone through something really huge like that and felt like there's no, there's the bottom cannot be any lower. You understand other people when they've hit their bottom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. It's just a better, it's, it's a better understanding. And you know, I don't know, my heart is just open to it now. And I think also when you're more open to that understanding, then you, you really see it around you a lot more, you know, when you're aware of it yourself, when you've been through it and we've had, you know, there's always someone, if you work in the people business, there's always someone that needs you to help them identify, you know, their dark place and help them start climbing out of it. So, but that was, you know, my struggle and I, I will take it with me my whole life and I'm grateful it happened. I don't have any regrets of it at all. And, um, I feel like I really, uh, can help more people change their life and, and get more, um, more areas back, back up to that optimal level, you know? So that's kind of my focus now is on the positive of how I can help people do that. Talk to me about how you break that down. Cause you rattled off several categories, you know, health. And so how did you, it sounds like you almost broke down different areas of life into categories so that you could work on those categories specifically. Talk to me about that. Yes. Um, well, I feel like 
on a daily basis, we need to all work on all these different areas to get to where we want to go. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to raise your finances, um, then you need to be doing the work that you do to get your finances higher, but you also need to be working on all these other areas. And I have, a, I have family and relationships. Uh, that's, that's one. If you're out of whack in your relationships, whether they're with a spouse or a boyfriend or a partner um, or your children, if you're out of whack over there, that's going to weigh you down. And it's going to change the way that you react on a daily basis. It's going to change the way you work, um, your mindset, uh, depending on what you're thinking. You know, where I, I believe in where I'm going in life and um, I know what my plans are and what I want to do, but I, I believe it. It's in my brain and I know that I can do what I believe I can do. Most people are running around and have never been told that they can actually do what they want to do and they don't believe it if they have been told because they don't have their own mindset strong enough and so we need to constantly work on filling up with good things. And I tell people, start reading, start there or doing audio or doing podcasts. Listen to things that lift you up and give you the belief within yourself to where when you're saying, you know, I want to be the top of my company, then in your brain, you're saying, I am worthy to be at the top of my company and I will do that. And um, it, there's a powerful thing in that because so many people, are, they, they say, if you, if you believe that you can, you will, if you believe you can't, you won't. And that's very true in, in our world. And so that's something is mindset um, and working on self-improving uh, constantly self-improving your mindset. Um, and then of course, my, you know, bit, one of my biggest missions is people's health and um, to stop self-sabotaging your own health because everything we do or don't do is our own decision. It's nobody else's around us. Um, we can blame the advertisers all we want, but that's not going to stop you from eating Cheetos, you know, and so it's, uh, it's one of the things that we talk about and I talk about a lot in my business and that is what are you doing that's self-sabotaging what you really want to do? So many people, a lot of, a lot of people say, I want to lose 10 pounds. And I'm like, well, let's talk about what you're doing on a daily basis, but they don't want to face it. They don't want to look at actually what they're doing. And, you know, I'll say, well, I've got this lean body system. It can help you lose weight, but you have to do this, this, and this, this. And then I'll say, I'm not going to sell you that until you tell me you're going to do this because it doesn't work on its own. And you've got to have that mindset where you can say, listen, I can help you, but you got to help yourself. And most people will once they really, really get pointed to the fact that they need to make that personal decision on their own health and what they're going to be putting in and around their bodies, and they can do it one little step at a time. And that's the other thing. It's like me climbing out of that dark place. I couldn't just jump out of there. I was too low for, for me at that time. And so you have to take it slow. And so many people in today's world, especially of social media and quick responses, you know, people want to go from here to here. They want to walk in the door and then be the president, right? Instead, they have to learn to take it one little step at a time. And in their health category, that could be taking out one thing a month that they shouldn't be putting in their body. Or even sometimes it takes a year for someone to take out soda and keep soda out of their life. I mean, whatever it is, but then, then once you've done that, then find the next thing. What's the next thing you shouldn't be putting in your mouth? So to me, it's little areas like that. Um, discipline is a big thing. I feel like so many of us just don't know how to be disciplined in our own lives in so many of these categories. Um, we try and do like a daily method of operation where 
Um, you're doing daily, daily things that improve and help you towards your goal and do them every single day, even if they only take 10 minutes, but do them every single day. Um, and some of them would be like reading 10 pages of a good book. Don't try and read a whole book a day. Just read 10 pages or even listen to a podcast for 10 minutes a day um, or listen to an audiobook. And, you know, it's something that's always something positive going in your ear, um, you know, working on working on your health, exercising, even if it's 20 minutes a day, whatever it is, hitting it in little increments in all the different areas of your life. And then once you start doing that, people start noticing and they start wanting to be like you and they start following and you start realizing that you're getting further in life because you've become more of an example to where you to where you really want to go um, I've never had a class uh, an exercise class from a person that was um, you know obesely overweight or out of shape um, that you know that made me want to follow them so if I if I'm going to go get fit I want an instructor that's already fit. If I'm gonna go find a leader to follow, I'm gonna follow someone, I'm gonna work with someone who's gone before me and had success. And so that's kind of what we're doing. We're trying to show them how to do that so that they will have the right responses from people around them and their family. I speak a lot about compound interest. It's the single biggest thing that I talk about. And that whole theory, you know what that's like if you buy a car, buy a house. It's compound interest working against you. And the biggest example I use is like if I do 25 squats right now, my butt will not look any different. But if I do 25 squats every single day for a year, imagine what your butt could look, right? And so you're right. It's not a quick fix. Um, talk to me a little bit about, well, I want to go into your following because you've built up a really great following by being very genuine. But first I want to talk about you were, you were featured in a book, Miracle Morning. Can you yes. discuss me? I love your smile. No one else sees a smile, but I see the smile. Because when things like this happen, you know, it's so great to be really proud of yourself. That doesn't mean that... you. Pride doesn't mean you're arrogant and rude or don't have a, a big heart. I love your smile that I just saw. <laughs> Tell me about this book. Well, this was really crazy because I uh, I love to read. I now, I now listen more than I read. I'm going to be very honest. I used to read and read and read in real books. Now I listen to everything. And if I'm not working on a, on a, you know, on a podcast or um, talking to my team or doing a training, then I have a podcast or a book in my ear all day long. I love it. So I was on one of my year goals where I was going to read 100 books in a year. I'm sorry, 60 books in a year. 60 books in a year. It wasn't 100. It was 60. That was my goal. And so I was working through that. And one of the books I came across was Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Morning. I fell in love with his whole concept. I fell in love with the way he wrote it, his story, everything. And it basically is, is exactly what you just talked about. It's the compound interest. It's the, the fact of starting your day in the right place every single day, getting up a little bit earlier if you need to, half an hour if you need quiet time before the children are up or you know before your husband gets up or before your responsibilities start. And it just talks about setting you in your place by, by doing a little bit of reading, a little bit of praying, a little bit of writing, um, a little bit of exercise. And it gives you this foundation for your day so that you are centered, you know, where you're going, what you have to do, your mind is set and strong. You've said your 
prayers, you've written down your affirmations, and then you go on, you take on the day. And I read that book and I loved it. So that one of the weeks following me reading that book, I was up on stage speaking at one of our conferences in front of 20,000 people. And I think it was in Dallas, Texas. And um, they asked us, we were on a panel and they asked us to tell them our most favorite book. And I said, well, right now I am absolutely all about this Hal Elrod book, Miracle Morning. And I said, it'll just change your life. Start doing it right now. So um, in the audience was his neighbor. Oh my gosh. So his neighbor texts him and says, this, you know, five-star national marketing director is on stage talking about your book in front of 20,000 people. And she's telling everyone to go out and buy it. So his sales went up um, and he called me and he said, I just want to thank you for what you did. And um, he said, I am just finishing the net." Miracle Morning for Network Marketing book, and I would love to feature you in it. It was like timing was incredible, which is just like, ah, it was crazy. I was so excited. So I got interviewed for that, and they featured me in his, in his book for Network Marketers, alongside some of the other industry's top people I mean, in the world. And so I was just mind blown, so excited. And uh, yes, that's my being featured story. <laughs> Except it was you just being absolutely genuine, giving a shout out to someone else who made a difference to you. And it just connected back, which is, I love that. I love when that happens, but I also love where it came from a very natural place. You were just telling people because you thought, I know I have books that have done the same thing for me and I've never gotten a thing out. It's the same thing like telling the restaurant or telling anything else. You just want to make a difference in someone else's life. I want to, I want to, wrap up by talking about getting out of the lawsuit and moving forward and how, how your team followed you or not and how happy you are now with what you're doing. Oh, I'd love to talk about that. <laughs> that makes me so happy. So yes, we, uh, we settled that. Oh, it's been over a year now. And, um, Actually, my whole team did follow me and come with me, and um, we have built incredibly well where we are, and everyone's having the best time and winning with this company. And the thing that the, one of the reasons why I left that prior company were because um, in our industry, you have mostly you have some timers and part timers. We call them some timers, meaning they just want to work some of the time. It's like the people that want to jump in an Uber and drive Uber and make some money. And um, we have. 85% of the people that do a side gig, you know, in the North America right now, um, there's 50 million people that just want a sometimer part-time income. So at the last company before I left there, and um, I actually had not made the choice to leave, but when they found out that I looked at the new company, they fired me before I even left. And then slapped a lawsuit on me before I had ever even signed up into the next company. So it was just this crazy whole thing. But here's what was so wild. I was just looking for a way that my sometimes could make money and enjoy what they were doing alongside their very busy lifestyles. And that's what we found here because at Modere, they have a dual compensation plan. So our teams that came over and followed many others from around, just not even in the industry, but from different businesses also reached out and contacted me when I made this move because they, they knew that I just didn't do moves very often. It had to be a really, really good reason. And so um, we've had, we've had quite massive success. I'm very, very proud of the team and, and what everybody is doing and how, how fast everybody's building and um, having 
having fun and our sometimers and part-timers are winning. You know, a lot of people just want to make a few extra $100 a month and here they can do that from their phone and um, just by sharing a couple good products here and there. And so that's, that to me is the beauty of this. I have a lot of people that make a lot of money here too. And, um, but but that's not the majority. The majority of people just want that extra diaper money. You know, they want the extra shoe money. That's the whole reason why I got in the business is I just wanted some shoes. I didn't want to have to ask Steve. I didn't want to say, honey, can I get some more shoes? I didn't need shoes, but I wanted the shoes, right? Do we ever need them? No, but there's things that you want and you want to put your kids through soccer, but you can't afford it. And so that's what is so beautiful here is we're not only helping people change their health and change their lives and feel better about themselves on the inside and outside of their bodies. Um, but they're actually able to make a wonderful side gig income um, at a very part-time basis. And so I'm super proud of it. I'm so grateful to be where I am. I have found my home here at Modere and I, um, I just, I really honestly have no regrets about anything that happened. I've learned so much and I feel like I just want to take those lessons and continue to share with people and help them grow into the spot where they're ha as happy as I am. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. This was so fun. Thank you so much. I loved being here. Thank you for taking the time to get naked with us. If you'd like to bear it all with me, get in touch. Your story is unique and valuable. Let's show it off.